For eight nights, every winter, the Jewish people gather around their menorahs, looking into the Hanukkah lights to remember days of old. In this series, we will study together the origins, customs, laws, and deeper meanings of Hanukkah to help us to celebrate Hanukkah to its fullest. Thank you for joining me. We continue our learning of Hanukkah laws and customs. Uh, we are on Simon 139, uh, number 11, and we're learning Lalis Neshama, Leah Bas Mechoyel, and Yehuda Ben Meir. We want to remind ourselves what is the procedure for laying the menorah? So the custom is that uh, on the first night, one lights the lamp that is on the right. And on the second night, they add a lamp towards their left of the previous candle. And in this manner, right, they each, they add a candle towards the left, right? So the first candle you put in the menorah is on the right side or the, whatever you use, the oil. And each night you, you add another one to the left of that, okay? Now, number 12. On the first night... Uh, he lights that candle first, the first candle first, right? Now, do you light it before the shamash or after the shamash? In theory, the shamash should be lit first, right? If you use the shamash to light the other ones, then it's pushit. But a lot of people don't use the shamash to light the other ones. They just leave the shamash there, and then they light it. So, But make sure to light the shamash one first, in a theory, I think, because... Now, some that's not the end of the world if you lit it last, but... You, uh, uh, and so forth. We move on. 45. Uh, okay. Uh, and then each night you light the new candle. Okay? So the new candle is lit first. So you place them right to left and you light them left to right. Okay. Make it Lachayim, Elias Neshama, Ruvain, son of Yaakov Avinu whose yard site is today, and uh, Reuven was a big tzaddik, and we uh, make a l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim. Reuven. B'leil Rishon, the first night we say three brachas, right? We say, l'hadlik, ner shel, or l'hadlik, ner Hanukkah, like ner shel Hanukkah, she'asa nisim lavosenu, right, who made miracles, and then shechianu bracha. The rest of the nights, we only do the first two brachas. After you light the after you recite the bracha, then he lights one candle, and while he lights the others, he says haneros or she says haneros halalu. Right there's a passage which is right after the uh, after the lighting haneros halalu. This uh, a festive and uh, a passage. Um, some of the custom to only say haneros halalu after all the candles are lit. Okay, I like to sing it. We usually light all the candles and then we all sing Haneros Olalu together, everyone according to their own custom and melodies. Um, um, there is a... Uh, um, uh, there is a... Um, what do you call it? Chaim Chaim. Um, what happens if... God forbid, okay, um, a person loses a relative and they haven't had a chance to bury them on Hanukkah. 
Okay. Now we know that a person who loses a relative is not obliged. In fact, they don't do any mitzvahs, right? They don't, they don't do anything until they've buried their dead. So what do they do with the candlelight on Hanukkah? Do they do it or not? Good question, Good question right? So um, the custom is that another person lights for them and more for them with the blessings and the onen responds amen. So if the person were married, one of the spouses would light for the other, right? Um, and if that, that's not it, so somebody else. Now what if there's no one else to light for this person? God forbid, right? They should light without saying the bracha. Now, we have a, 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 a general uh, rule that lighting fulfills the obligation. This means that lighting the menorah constitutes the mitzvah and your obligation to light the, the candles. Okay? So, right, because we discussed keeping the candles lit for a certain amount of time. And therefore, at the time of lighting, the candles should already be in their proper place at the right amount of fuel so that they have the chance of, of, of you know, staying lit that whole time. Um, now, what happens if, you know, could happen, you move the, you, you lit it in the wrong place. And then, while they're lit, you moved it into the right place. Right? The, since at the time of lighting the menorah, they were, there was some, something incorrect about it, so it's not a valid lighting. Um, like, like, likewise, if you lit it when there wasn't enough oil in there when you first lit it, and then you added oil, right? This is ineffective and he's not fulfilled the mitzvah because the mitzvah is not fulfilled by having lights in the appropriate place for the appropriate amount of time. The mitzvah is performed when the act of lighting the candles is, is the, is the, that's the mitzvah. And then, then of course, we have the subsequent pirsumenes. Uh, now, the, um, uh, all the factors, therefore, must be in place when we first light the candles. Okay, it's an interesting idea. Um, uh, but it gives us a deeper wow. insight into, into the lighting. Okay, the next part. Now, what if you place the menorah where the wind is? All right, which sometimes happens. You know, you may have a drafty uh, house uh, and so forth. And, the, the, and there is a chance, there's a good chance that the candles could be blown out where you put them. In the similar way, since they're in a yeah. place where they're likely not to be able to survive, you've also not fulfilled your obligation. And you have to light them again. But you shouldn't, in all of these cases where you had to move the menorah or add oil, they went out too soon. All these cases, we don't say another bracha. Right? We already said one bracha, so we don't say another bracha. Now, what if you put them in a place, though, where no, no, there's no wind, but uh, who knows, something happened and like, you know, something fell and the, the, all the candles went out, right? God forbid, but it, it happens sometimes. What happens then? Since when you lit the candles, they were in the right place with the right amount of oil 
and it, right in a place where they're not gonna, they wouldn't have normally fallen over or get blown out. But something came up, and nothing having to do with you, they're gone. They're now finito. Right? God forbid. Right? So now, do you light them again or not? So the answer is, you've already fulfilled your mitzvah, and you don't have to light them again. Okay, because he lit them properly. Even if the only way stayed for ten seconds. Even even only ten seconds, as long as they actually lit. Sometimes when you're lighting the candle, it takes a long time to get it lit. That's not what we're, we're talking about. We're talking about that it maintains a flame on its own. Um, there is a custom. Uh, however, nevertheless, even though you don't need to, there is a custom to light them again. There is the custom. Even though you don't need to, we have a custom. And now you think about that. Why? Why would we do that again? Okay. So a couple of reasons. So first... Um, uh, which we spoke about before, the, the mitzvah of, of the candles is all about advertising the miracle, right? So even so, you've already fulfilled the mitzvah, the candles go out, but you still want to publicize the miracle. You still want to have that, pre- you want to be present for that. So you, yeah. we light them again, even though halachically one wouldn't have to do that again. Is okay. there a special way you have to light them again? No, just- you can light, just light them anyway. Correct. At that point, you could light them anyway because you're just trying to, you're just getting it relit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now, um, what if you're in a hospital, God forbid? You're in a hospital for, right? But what if you're, in, or for something good? Maybe your wife is, uh, you know. Or, or you, if you're a woman listening, what if you're about to, you know, have a child and you're in the hospital for good reason, or you just had a child, right? So most hospitals, that would be like everyone, will not allow you to light open flames in the hospital. Okay, no, no dice. So then we can use electric menorahs. We use an electric menorah with a bracha. With a bracha. Really? Yes. Electric. Yes, with a bracha. Yes. I don't think you could. So how do you turn one light at a time? That's right, turn them on one at a time. <laughs> Leave them on for half an hour. Um, okay. Um, one Which more. Way, when you light the menorah. Yes. You face the menorah. You're facing the menorah. And it should be lit as... You lit left to right. Correct. So you're lighting it that way. The newest one. Not for the viewer. Right, not for the viewer. Right. Right. You're lighting it for the, the lighty. For you, the lighty. <laughs> that's right. Lighty. Right, right. And it's the, that's the newest candle first. The newest candle first, right. right. And uh, let's add one more thing here because this has been a very uh, technical approach. We want to add one more thing, right? So uh, I liken all of this technical elements. I say, well, why is it so important? Hmm. So... Um, I will use Lahavdil a uh, uh, from the world of uh, exercise. Okay, so um, if you've ever done any exercise with like a professional physical trainer, okay, right, and you pick up the 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 barbell and you're going to do the you're going to do the arm curl, okay, and he goes, no, 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 that's not how you do it. You do it this way. Well, what's the difference? I'm picking up the barbell. I'm, I'm doing it. What's the difference? Mm. See, because there's, 
the experts know that the same act done the right way has the, the necessary effect and the, right act, and the act done not the right way, while it looks right, doesn't necessarily have the same impact. So I want to I wanna offer that idea when it comes to all these technicalities that we've been going through on the Hanukkah candles. They do seem to be highly technical. Mm-hmm. Well, we have faith that our sages, when they established this, and then the later sages, when they outlined certain parameters for how we do it to the best way, they were experts in how this is going to be most effective. And so therefore, that's why it's important to follow these techniques so that we have the the proper uh, effect in the world. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to I Love Hanukkah. Please share this with a friend if you enjoyed it.